Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hi, this is Kathy Freeman and you're listening to Australia's gay and lesbian radio station Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to Been There Done That on Joy 94.9. I'm Chris. With me today in the studio is... Is Phil. And... So I must be Gordon. <laughs> this, this week you can be Gordon. Can I be Gordon this week? Yeah. Oh, lovely. I really like being Gordon occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's another story we could... We could not tell. There I'm is not, another the, story we can tell. My life is a lot of stories that I can't tell. I can <laughs> tell you that right now. That's the beauty with living quite a few years. There are you lots mean, of little events that yes. build up. I was speaking to one of our volunteers whose mother is going through uh, some late last stages of life. Mm. And I said, at least you've got an opportunity to clear the decks and to make up for any things that you've done wrong or ask those inqu- those embarrassing questions about your relatives because the history goes mm, with the person mm, mm, and mm. there's an opportunity. But history is the name of our program as well, being there, done that. Oh, we've all been there and done that, I can tell you. And sometimes we have lots of gay people's and events that we talk about, and we some of those on today's show. Um, sometimes there are events in the general history of the world that impinge upon all our lives, and we like to highlight those and remind people that we don't live in little bubbles here in Melbourne. We don't live in little bubbles in our own suburb, although it's quite apparent that a few people don't hardly move out of their own suburb. And we don't live in a bubble of, of a gay life either because we have to be out there in the ordinary world. And That's so whatever happens in the ordinary world does affect our community in some way or another. Exactly, Gordon. Thank you. On today's show, mm. we'll be talking about Albert Namajira paintings generally and talking about Yvonne Gulagong. Will they go and have a little bit of a comment about the Pride AFL match and also Ian Roberts, who was a sports person of quite some note, a gay and out, well and truly out. He wouldn't be never going back into the closet, that guy. Uh, we'll be talking about the revolution in Russia back in 1917 and what happened to the royal family there. But what happened to some of the escapees? And it's an interesting little transition but from one society to another but society. they'll just have to wait to listen for that, won't they? They will. Yes, so stay and, tuned because and, that's uh, going to come up a bit later in the program. We also make a connection into our gay community with an event that happened about the same time of a person of notoriety. Notoriety. I don't that's think he was notorious. I don't think well, he was notorious. He was, he was notable. 
He was notable, notable but that doesn't mean notorious. No, all right then. You this see, is the worst it. teaser. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Well, we'll we'll talk about some little pricks later on as well. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. And that, that, that is vaccination and things like that. Gordon, what you you were telling me you had a delivery on Friday, uh, Thursday evening. Yes, Thursday S- sitting evening. at home watching um, the drum on the ABC, getting keeping up with the current affairs, and there was a ding dong on the doorbell. I thought, ding who dong. the hell is coming here at this hour of the night? And I opened the door, and there's this man unloading this huge, huge cardboard package, and he said to me, "Are you Gordon Wilson?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Oh," I said, "But I have not ordered anything." And he looked at me, he said, have you been on a cruise lately? <laughs> I said, oh, my God, it's the painting that I bought while I was on board the, the ship. And it arrived in this big cardboard box that was taller than me. It was a metre wide, and it took ages to open the damn thing, but it was a beautiful painting that I now, bought. Now, how come that you actually saw this painting on board ship? They have actually had an art gallery on the ship, and they had actual art auction in the uh, theatre. Yeah. Oh. oh, God, yeah. And then I had to open it. Then I had to find a place to hang it. Of course, if the listener doesn't realise, you actually have two artists' eyes. Have I? <laughs> the glasses are holding something. Yes, that's stopping right. Stopping yes, your I, brains I, from falling I, out I, of your face. I actually paint. I'm a painter. I, I, I'm an artist as well. I use oil so and So is it colour. hard to appreciate other artists' work? Or no, Or do you look no. for the faults in you, it? No, you don't. You'll just look and you get the overall impression. And, you, and, and some paintings you see you love and some paintings you see and you think, why the hell did they do that? You know, but, you can, but that's their interpretation of what's going on at the time. And it's the same with... with uh, um, some artists become very famous for doing some strange things like Salvador Dali and Picasso and those sort of people. They become very popular. So what was it about this particular It's a, an autumn scene with a couple of people walking through a long roadway with all these big autumn-coloured trees overpowering Oh, like them. an avenue of a- poplars, poplars or something, or something like, like that that, that you yeah, get in yeah. France or Italy. Yep, yep. But so that we, was your... That was my little bit done. Yes, who uh, else? I wonder who should we call, talk about... Mm. 28th of July 1902 was born the Australian Aboriginal painter Albert Namatjira. Yes, Albert Namatjira was taught watercolour by the people at the mission where he was the Hermannsburg mission. Albert was actually criticised for painting what I'll call in the European style. That's right, yes. Outside in the, the great big wide and wonderful world mm. as opposed to dot paintings or the other form of aboriginal paintings you see he was an impressionist painter he wasn't a traditionalist he yeah. painted the impressions of what he saw the gum trees and the hills in the background with the blue and the rest and all and, and that and his um, his original artwork a lot of people tried to destroy it because it was not considered to be the right thing to do and what was the ma- amazing thing about his colorations well, it was totally different because watercolour is not like when you use ochre and the nat- natural colours of the country. He was using watercolour, which was something that... You, it, it's, and it's usually the, a washed-out thin colour. Yeah, and it's the hardest medium to use. It's, mm. it's not easy to, to So paint. he represented yeah. the red, red, red sand of the mm. interior, the, the white of the gum trees, the blue... Of the of sky. The, yeah. Of the sky, but also the, uh, the purple blue of the mountains in the distance. In the distance, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that, that gum tree that he was favourite... Uh, his favourite paintings were done with has since died. Yeah, yeah. Some, somebody destroyed it. Actually, yeah, I mean, ooh. killed it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like he he, he was the first Aboriginal to be be um, become an Australian citizen. 
as uh-huh. well. Oh, yeah. yes. Now, yeah. what were the circumstances of that? Were because he was such a well-known artist and he was sort of well-known and they, the government decided they, they'd make him an Australian. Like, how hello, he's been... They've been living here for so many thousands of years and they decided they'd make him an Australian. Does that mean that in 1951, when he actually got his... Citizenship. Uh, citizenship, sorry, mm. in 57, mm. he didn't already have citizenship? No, no, no. We didn't, they didn't give much to citizenship to the, to the Indigenous people until after the referendum when they decided that they better be counted. In 1963, hello, I think hello, it was. Yeah, At yeah. least South Australia actually gave rights. They gave rights to Aboriginal people. Uh, yeah, the Indigenous from people. the state of That's South right. Australia. Yep, yep. But they were overridden when uh, they went to the Commonwealth. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we were such a backward place. We are. We, we are. still are in some ways. Yeah, and, yet you, and then you see this latest discovery where they've been here for 65,000 years now, not 40,000. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Imagine um, what they owe in back taxes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Someone else from the Aboriginal community who was born on the 31st of July, 1951, was one of Australia's great tennis players, Yvonne Goolagong. She, she was, was born. Absolutely. I was just telling to Philip, uh, having seen her play, uh, and she was beautiful to go... The way she moved around the court was so graceful. She was never... It was never sort of thump, you know, like they play nowadays where they just whack the ball, you know, but yeah. she was just relied on placement and, and, and it was just so beautiful to watch her do it and she's a bit like the indigenous footballers when they're on the ground they seem to know when somebody's coming at them and they sidestep yeah. and they just they have that they have an inbuilt grace as well when yeah. they're playing football but they, they seem to have and I'm very envious of their ability to 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 really react in a three dimensions. That's right. Yeah, it, this is the, it's a something that they have, and that and the peculiarity to indigenous people that they can do this. Mm. And Yvonne Goolagong was like that. She just knew where that ball was going to be and could get it back, just beautifully. And she didn't grunt when she hit. And she the didn't ball. grunt and scream and shout. <laughs> you're right. Yes, but she and she was she was a beautiful looking um, young lady too. But she's she's aged gracefully like we all do. And good on her. And good on her, yes. As well. One of my favourite people, actually, is Yvonne Goolagong. (laughs) You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. We had a very busy weekend. Yes, a very busy weekend. But I, I, I would just like to say a compliment our Chicks Talking Footy show, which is which broadcast from Sydney, the um, Pride match between Sydney Swans and St Kilda's. And they did a very good job. Those girls are wonderful. Those women, I should say. They're wonderful the way they do that uh, their show, the Chicks Talking Footy, but that broadcast was terrific. If you uh, would like, Chicks Talking Footy have got a tweet, Twitter page, CTF, mm-hmm. Joy, I think it's called. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, there's lots of photos there. They were flat out. They work so hard, those women. They really, and they do such a good job. It's my, it's actually probably my favourite show on Joy at the moment is listening to those women talking football because they're not, they don't talk like the men do when they talk in footy. They talk facts and figures and what's going on. I saw on the bit of the TV some parts of the crowd with all the rainbow gear and everything. Mm, mm. And I remember going to the Pride match here in Melbourne last right. year at Eddie yeah. had and the vendors sold out of all the rainbow gear. I've still got my rainbow flag, my rainbow scarf with the with the St Kilda emblem on the bottom of it. Yes, yes. On both, both ends, it's great. Next time you're going to buy the ruby red 
footy boots. <laughs> ruby red, the ruby red slippers and be a friend of Dorothy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what a good idea. Did you hear how the crowd received the concept of the Pride match? Very, in very Sydney, well. the Sydney crowd? Very well. Very well. Yeah. But they should do. Like, I'm going to say, there's how many gay people live in Sydney, for God's sake? Well, I know. You know. I have so There's almost th- as many as live in Melbourne. On my Hebridon authority, there's more than two. Is there? Yes. Oh, right. Well, I'm sure they had all their friends there because there was lots of rainbow sections in the crowd, which was absolutely beautiful to see. It was a pity that the match wasn't a little more even. Exciting, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. however. The, the Sydney Swans just thrashed my side, but yeah, oh well. <laughs> but, but it's good that the pair, those two sides... Yeah. Are going to make a feature of this. It'll be every year they'll be doing this mm. this wonderful football match for the community. Maybe one day it'll be the gay round, not the gay game. Well, that would be that would even be better, of course, to make it the gay gay, gay round. Yes, yeah. because a lot of the people who watch football could use a bit of education on the gay community well, and who actually, we are. Actually, the football people are very very good. Each each club has a gay supporter group. Yeah, uh, and I think the Hawks have just started one chicks talking footy were talking about this one night when i was listening yeah and they were saying how that they and they were trying to work out a name for the hawks um supporter right. group because that uh, rainbow's sort of been covered by almost every one of them they're trying to think of something else to but use it's the people who don't know though the oh, bomb, yes, bomb yeah. the the Anderthal yeah well still goes to the footy yeah well talking about that we, we, we were going to mention about ian roberts well his parents used to go to the football to see him play and they used to, they finished up not going to the football, although they loved going to watch him play because of all the, the remarks that were shouted by the people in the crowd to him because they all knew that he was out. The homophobic slurs yeah. that they got. In those days, Sydney was only thugby of one sort or the other. Yes. Whereas Melbourne was always Aussie hey, rules. Yes, that's right. And now. Those two codes have swapped over. They're, 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 they're playing in every state now. Exactly. Mm, mm. However, it was interesting to see whether the Sydney AFL crowd could, in fact, cope with the concept of pride. Well, they but, didn't. But as you said, they have. They've they have, endorsed yeah. it. But yeah. there were a hell of a lot of them came down to the to see the game down here at, at Dockland Stadium when, yeah. they, when, they, when they played last year. And it, because I was down there um, promoting joy while, uh, mm. down in the thing as people were coming in we're giving them out little bits and pieces about joy there was a lot of people from sydney were here for that show so i can remember going out to the laird one night when the swans had won a premiership or something rather and the the laird was full of of swan supporters so (laughs) there you go well ian roberts didn't actually mind that people criticized him for his sexuality but i think he was embarrassed for his parents Parents, yes that's right but but, but he said it made him play tougher and rougher he himself admitted that he was generous with his affections. Oh, yes. But he had, what was the quote that you had? Oh, well, yeah. Well, he said um, none of the footballers could say much about him because he'd been with every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> How, what a bold statement. <laughs> yes, yeah. that, that came from a friend of mine who lived in Sydney and followed the football. But um, I don't know how true it is. But anyhow. Yeah. Uh, when he came out... Uh, Roberts actually came out publicly as gay in 1994, which is a long time ago. Mm. He was overcome by the reaction of his loved ones. There was a lot of relief from other people, uh, particularly people close to me. He said, my parents at that stage had stopped going to the games because of what was being said in the crowds and shouted out on the field. It made my mum and dad very uncomfortable. Mm. My parents never wanted me to come out either. I think it was to their relief they understood why I 
had to come out. It almost gave them the right to be there and stand up okay. for me. Mm-hmm. Everyone in, at Manly, team, knew he went, I he, was gay. He went from South to Manly. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. no issue. It made things easier for me personally. But his partner was playing for the Panthers. Well, the Sea was Eagles, some, I think. The Sea yeah. Eagles or something. Eagle, right? yeah. the mascot. The, yes, he was the Eagles mascot, and he was he was the guy who used to be in the suit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was my partner. Yeah. So everyone mainly knew where I came from uh, when I came out and public in '94. It was no surprise to them. I don't think it was a surprise to anybody. Quite frankly, he was a brilliant player. He his, was. He was a very good player. Yeah. But you realise that he sustained brain damage. Mm, well, but. but I think that game sort of does do it to the eventually, yeah, you know, the way they, the ground, they yeah. whack them. About know. three years ago, Ian Roberts took part in a study on the effects of concussion in the footy codes after bumping into a friend who was part of the research. The diagnosis he received was frightening. He mm. said, I have brain damage. I can talk about it now. There were two situations six years ago. The first one where I actually lost time. I was driving a car. And then I was home. And that's happened twice to him, you know, mm-hmm. these blank bits. And uh, I started losing lines in the plays that he was doing because mm. he moved from post-football uh, into acting. acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He became a thespian. Uh, he actually is now still wearing the not only the bruises and the broken bones, but the, the damage to in his brain mm. box. Because that's, that's one of the things they're really concerned about now with that type of football. <coughs> it's the same in America with their gridiron. Mm. There are lots of um, people suffering. It, yeah, it's a very serious problem. Very serious problem. Well, you, you can think about it. When you, you, you've got your brain sort of sitting in your head and it gets shaken about and banged about. Yeah, like the Americans are, are very well protected. Yeah, but they still they're they're. they're uh, but yeah, that's, it's it still doesn't run first. Think about it later. Yeah, so. this is yeah. right. Yeah, um, yeah, he's given up the the football as his financial means of success. Mm. He works as a uh, with Virgin as a baggage handler. Oh, that's probably right too. But well, and he still gets to break things. He's probably been out for about twenty years. Stopped playing football. And still he has other important roles to play just by living his life. Mm. I mean, we we. Uh, that's just saying he can be an example to others, as we all can to others, even just by living our ordinary life. In the past 23 years, only a handful of other NRL footballers have approached him seeking advice about their struggles with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. So it is in all leagues, that's for sure. Well, I'm sure it's in the AFL as well. With me having contact and me being available and present in the street people coming up to you and saying people are receptive to gay sports person holding hands with its partner in the street oh my god you're real mm, and their mm, perspective mm. i tell you what you wouldn't want to pick if he was walking along holding his partner's hand you wouldn't pick on ian roberts to no, say anything definitely would not. wouldn't be your first choice you wouldn't be your first, <laughs> you're not wrong there phil <laughs> uh, ian has actually reported as saying that he ran into a a former teammate at a function a while back, and the player told him, I've got to tell you something. My son is gay. And Roberts said, well, that's why gay men have to be visible. That's why we have to be present. That's We have to make it okay. We have a responsibility. We all do. Yes, I think that's, right. you know, yeah. He might have had a, a bump on the head or three, but he's, uh, got, he's, his he's got it in the right logics place. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creates an interesting visual, though. What's that? If you're at a, a, a party or an event and you run into a rugby player, 
That could be quite painful. You'd <laughs> bounce off him, I can tell you. It'd be like hitting a tree. <laughs> someone, is, uh, someone wrote in with a comment about that particular press article, and they said, Thanks, Ian. By coming out in the 90s, you did us a big favour by highlighting how gay men are a very diverse group of people. You helped to disrupt and expand the stereotype of gay men. And that is a good thing, in my opinion. Ian always led the way, on field or off it. He was never short on courage. No. Nope. And that's what you were saying before, Gordon. That he, uh, he stood there in the rough and tumble of the footy field, but also in the rough and tumble of life. the field mm. of life, mm. indeed. You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon. Been there, done that. Join 94.9. Stay tuned. There's more. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy 94.9. You're with Chris, Gordon and Phil. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. You can hear us on our podcast and you can select our show, our podcast version, by going to the Joy website or you can go to your favourite podcasting store Mm. and download it that way. And if you'd like to communicate with us, Will? If you wish to communicate to us electronically, you can do so by this thing called electronic mail. Good. And yes. our electronic mail address is been there at joy.org.au. And they can compliment us until the world ends. Good. <laughs> Never hurts to read it. No. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Way back in 1917, 100 years ago, mm. there was a little bit of... Um, Political persuasion. It's a kerfuffle, actually, wasn't well, it? Well, it was. If I can just interject. Sorry, have 1918. Have a, a Simpsons reference. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Bart would say, I didn't do it. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> uh, on the 17th of July, 1918, Tsar Nicholas, one of the royal family, and his wife and his kids and several, several of the servants were executed due to the political uprising in Russia of the time called the Russian Revolution. That's right. Where, in fact, the aristocrats, like the French last week, they booted out. But these were... Yeah, they they were, were just not kicked out. They, they were, were, they were eliminated. eliminated. But King of England was his cousin. Yeah. And the King of King of Germany was the cousins. They were all cousins because they, they were all grandchildren of Victoria. She was the, the grandmother of Europe, of course because she had so many children that were married into the other royal families and all the rest of it. And, um, yeah, so they, they decided to get rid of Tsar Nicholas and his wife and family. Mm. And it was only recently that they were able to, uh, in the 1990s, that the bodies were formally relocated and exhumed and identified using DNA That's right. technology. Yeah, yeah. From that Russian Revolution, where there were a lot of people left that left Russia. Oh well, of course they they could see the writing on the wall, or yeah. you know, and they decided they should get out. I actually had a neighbour at the at the units where I'm living, who was a white Russian, and she had they had been able to get as far as China, and they stayed in China for quite a while, and then they went down to Hong Kong. Yeah. And they finally were able to come to Australia. Yeah. So, wow. Yes, yes. Uh, she's had a Russian name. One thing we can learn from this exercise is if you're in Russia and you've walked, walked into a, a photographic studio to have a family portrait taken, mm-hmm. run away. Run away? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that's what happened to these guys. They prob- thought they were having their photo taken. One of the um, refugees from that Russian revolution finished up in England. Mr. Yes. Mirinov. He 
and his good lady wife had a daughter. And we're going to be talking about Elena Lydia Vasilevna Mironov. Dame Helen, as we now know her, Helen Mirren, was born on the 26th of July 1945. It's incredible that there we are, this Russian blood escaped from Russia as at the time of the revolution. Revolution. The Russians were revolting. He was only young when he got to England, though, and he grew up. Uh, but being, I think they got stranded in England. Yes. At yeah. the actual time. Mm-hmm. So that was their escape. You know, being on the wrong side of the fence, but that was really good. But he was, a, he was a musician, actually. He played the viola in the um, oh, Royal right. Philharmonic Orchestra for years. But I bet he did lots of other things mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Played the fiddle, no doubt. Played the fiddle. Mm. More than that. Mm. But his daughter went on to become Helen Mirren. When they were stuck in London, or in the UK, in, in Great Britain, oh, what's the name of that country? I don't know. Uh, the former diplomat, because he was, actually he became a London cab driver to support the family. Mm. So but from a person of diplomatic up. immunity yeah, and sort of all the perks there, became a peasant of the street. Mm. Hasn't Helen Mirren got her own reputation as an actress? Oh, yeah, but see, she was actually brought up an anti-monarchist and she finished up playing the Queen and winning an Academy Award. So yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> but going. she didn't become a Queen. She no, she just didn't become a Queen. Played she played the Queen, the queen. yes, yes. Yeah. But, um, yes, but she's also a naturist. She likes getting her, getting her gear off. You had to throw that bit in, didn't you? Just yeah, why not? A little bit of yeah. dirt at that's, the end of the story. That's not dirt. If you're a naturist, just a lot well, of people like walking there around. in the dirt. A lot of people like to get walk around without their clothes on. There's, that's a very, very popular sport. It's best done at a secluded beach or somewhere. <laughs> it's not well, good in Burke Street. <laughs> I do believe in naturism. I'm my happiest on a nude beach with people of all ages and races. Ugly people, beautiful people, old people, whatever. It's so unisexual and so liberating. Mm. I suppose that's the, the group man mentality thing again. Mm. When you're amongst people of the same mindset as yourself, you don't appear to be out. Yeah, I went on to, your own. I went to the nude beach in Holland. And we yeah. stripped off. Everybody took your clogs off. Took, took my clogs off. Everything. Clogs, clothes and everything. Yep. Well, there's a little building in Blackburn. Is there? And they're, they're naturalists. Oh, right. And oh. they keep pictures of all these birds and things on their walls. It's where we often go to vote. Oh, I see. But they also have their clothes on. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so they're naturalists as opposed to naturists. naturists. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You've got to be, you gotta put the laws in. Yeah, yeah. The law in, yeah. Joy 94.9 On the 25th of July 1985, which is not that long ago, 32 years years ago, ago, 32 years, and how did you do that so quickly? You topped up from 85 to the century and then no, 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 no. (laughs) 17 years. You've got to remember that when we went to school, you had to do mental arithmetic. I freak out the check out. I I do too. I check out, I freak out people when I do mental arithmetic. They say, How did you do that? That's training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a photographic memory, but it never developed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Phil. That's very good. Um, But Rock Hudson, a US movie star back in 1985, he was a famous hunk. Drop dead gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. He was a man's man. 
and a woman. Well, so and, we a, would and a ladies' man. And a ladies' man. But as it turns out, he was, he was more a man's man. man. He was a man's man, yes. He and, he and um, what's her name? Oh, God. Doris Day. Doris Day. My name went, I was thinking of, a, of her full name, but I, I couldn't say Doris Hasselhoff. Day. Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, yeah. But they he were. was the epitome, the epitome of butchness. Well, of, of, mas- of, a, of a a masculinity. Male, male masculinity when he was with the gorgeous female partners in the screen, yeah. But on this day, 25th of July, 1985, he actually confirmed that he had AIDS. Well, he looked terrible, so he would have had to. Well, it was long a, assumed. It was yes. long assumed, and, yeah. that's true. It was a very brave step. It was... Oh, yeah, well, look, I, I look mean, who we, he was. It was, I, yeah, he was such an icon mm. in the straight community. He'd been such and a... And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, we never knew. We never imagined that this yeah. guy could be... Yeah, but we, uh, we always knew. Yeah. We always knew he was gay. Rochelle? Yeah, it was easy. Because we had friends that used to come back from Hollywood and say where they'd been, and there was Rock Hudson there. Well, I can't... Yeah. Yeah. So it was very brave of him, but it was expected because in those days, when you the treatments were not particularly effective, no, no. and once you got it, it was written large of course, on it, your forehead. In the beginning of the of the, of the epidemic, um, nobody knew that they didn't realise it was a sexually transmitted disease. No. That was the problem. Mm. So dear, oh dear, oh dear, and of mm. course he went on. And didn't have much of a life thereafter, but he, a lot of his friends gathered around him, people from the movie industry. But like Elizabeth Taylor for a start, which exactly. she was the one that really stood by him. She supported him and mm. supported uh, lots of, of other AIDS patients she with then her generosity. Did lots of financial, um, financial um, backing and, 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 and charity things to raise money. She raised millions and millions of dollars for AIDS research and for helping people. Mm. Which was very badly needed at the time. Oh, of course, because the American government took no notice of it. They didn't, well, the, the president couldn't even say the word for bloody years. And who was that? Ronnie Reagan. Oh. Reagan. S- yeah, they should have got him with a ray gun. The same mob as mm. the Donald. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, there we go. Mm. They should be giraffes. No, they should be ostriches. No, they're dinosaurs. Oh, okay. There <laughs> yes, you are. there you Putting go. Putting their head in the sand, but no. You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Stay tuned. There's more. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us, Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. It's time for us to almost wrap up this show, but we need to uh, remind ourselves of the fragility of life. Well, we've just been talking about fragility with rock hudson weren't we well indeed and the fact that there was no real medication for him or Mm. people like him to uh, until most recently Mm. when in fact they now uh the virus the hiv virus is kept under control down to zero levels that's right long Mm. as you keep Taking your, your medicines. Yes, that's but right. Yes. Once you stop that, then it goes a bit 
active again. But in the, the trouble days. is they don't know where this little kernel of of virus is mm. living. Mm. Could be right in the middle of your brain mm. or elsewhere in your big toe. We don't know yet. That's yet to be discovered. But, but years ago when they had other things, they had um, like smallpox and rabies, of course, they had to find some way how to cure that or how to stop it from happening. They needed a new science. They needed they, a new They had si- biology. Yeah. They needed microbiology. Yes, to get with the microbes that were and affecting the father, people. Well, micro just means really small. Small, yeah. But the father of microbiology is a little French guy called Louis Pasteur. Louis Pasteur, that's where you get pasteurisation from, isn't that's it? That's right. Well, yeah. I thought that's when you just held the drink and moved it in front of your face. Oh, no, that's pasteurised. Yes. <laughs> no, well, he moved into this uh, area of, of exploration when he discovered the role of bacteria in fermentation. Mm, mm. I mean, they probably already experienced fermentation with putting ingredients into bread to make it rise mm-hmm. other than that would have been just flat bread so there was that they they probably already knew that they could get the fizz into beer by adding various components sugar mm. which reacted with the whatever. hops yeah. and whatever yep. else and yep. all mm. and so he was the guy who sort of scratched and scratched and actually determined what was happening in the background and it led to the theory that infection was actually caused by germ. And he had to work out where the germ came from and how to mm. beat the germ. But see, we take all this for granted now yeah, but it, because we, this is general knowledge. Yeah, this is right. But at the time, he must have had compelling evidence to make people see this new way of thinking because yeah. this is stuff you can't see. They're really, really little, but they are there. He also led others to thinking that sterilisation and all these other techniques can actually kill these germs. So it it would have been a wonderful time, well, not with all the diseases they had, but to actually see this new science of of healing Mm -hmm. because that would have been the beginning of a whole medical concept. Pasteur, according to my little notes here, created and tested vaccines for diphtheria, cholera, yellow fever, the plague rabies, Mm. anthrax, and tuberculosis. Because I think once he found the way of doing it with the first one, he could do it with the rest of them. I think this is probably... He established a system where he could uh, cause a vaccine to be uh, made that would stop that disease and then yeah. he would able to be able to apply well, the Well, the so. rabies vaccine was first tested on nine-year-old Joseph Meister on the 6th of July, 1885. Mm. And uh, poor Joseph had been bitten by a, a rabid dog, rabid meaning rabies, mm-hmm. infected dog. And uh, Meister was tested, uh, uh, treated by Pasteur with a rabies virus grown in rabbits and weakened by drying. So he was using the exact same mechanism that, that would have given you rabies to actually immunise against it. Mm. He tried it earlier on dogs and it, it sort of worked out okay. So the treatment was successful and Joseph didn't develop rabies. As a consequence, however, he went on later to become a caretaker at the Pasteur Institute. Well, a good you, way to get stuff. Wouldn't oh, you, yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't you do it in, in thankfulness to the uh, fact that he'd saved your life, which would mm. be... I thing. thought you were going to say that 
nine-year-old Joseph grew up to be ten-year-old Joseph, <laughs> which helped a lot. Well, I think he went a bit did. further than ten. But one of the things that he didn't actually come to eliminate was smallpox. No. It's a highly contagious viral disease unique to humans caused by two virus variants called variola major and variola minor. Mm-hmm. You see, they've got Latin names, major, minor. They, yeah, put um, them in a different key. The major was the deadly form and the typical mortality of 20 to 40% of those infected. Mm. Uh, the other type, the minor, only killed 1% of its victims. And smallpox was actually re- uh, responsible for estimated 300 to 500 million deaths mm. in mm. the 20th century. But so it was, uh, it was worse than uh, smoking or worse than car deaths or cl- plane crashes but, or anything like that. But because that. of the vaccinations now, that's virtually smallpox is no longer yeah. anywhere except I think it's Afghanistan where they were giving them smallpox injections and the Taliban were killing the people that doing it because they said that they were infecting the kids with diseases rather than curing the children yeah. of diseases. But the survivors were left blind in one or both eyes from corneal ulcerations and left with persistent skin scarring or pock marks. And you might have seen some people getting around this world and they really have got golf ball dimples all over their Well, on their, their arms. Face. They usually yeah. put it on their arms, on their shoulder. But that was the, the, um, the thing was that smallpox... The um, who was it that did the smallpox vaccinations? I can't remember his name, but he was speaking to a milkmaid, and she said, "I can't get it because I've had cowpox," and it was the cowpox, and that he realised then that there was something that could stop smallpox, and he went and invented, he, he investigated cowpox, and found that by inve- in, in injecting cowpox into a person, mm. they would they would not get smallpox. Mm. Golly gosh, well, mm. I just need to add. This discussion has no relation to the worst ad on TV at the moment where they discuss Skittles pox. Skittles pox? Oh, yes, yeah. The Skittles, that sugar candy, it's all over this kid's face. It's the worst acting. It's it's so bad, it's funny. I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I don't watch commercial television. Oh, you're, you're missing a gem. Oh, God, yes, I'm glad I am. On the 25th of July, 1972, US health officials conceded that... Afro-Americans were used as guinea pigs mm-hmm. in a 40-year syphilis experiment. That's right. I saw that on television years ago. Isn't that... They had a whole village... I mean, the, isn't there ethics in these things? Not when there you're... should be. Not when you're an American wanting to make money. Well, <laughs> certainly ethics has been used for the slow introduction of a lot of these remedies in mm. our, mm. our lives, mm. and they have to be tested here, tested there, tested everywhere. Yeah. But they they had a whole a television show about that um, the town where they were all they were only black African Americans and they set, uh, they kept them all and they injected them they were said said they were giving them flu injections or something or other and they were giving them syphilis and they wanted to see what the results of it would be and, and you wonder years. why some people don't trust the government mm, mm, yeah but that's that's the way they found out what the effects of um, syphilis was. Well, gentlemen, it's time for us to wrap up this little show and really, get truly. it on the road. We should wish everybody a happy Christmas in July. I had happy Christmas in July on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> a bit Saturday. early. No, it was Saturday. Well, 25th. Christmas in July. No, we have it. We had it on the 22nd because the 25th is um, the 25th is in midweek. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so we had it. We had it on Saturday. And thanks. Hello, also to Nina and Cupcake. 
Yes, happy Christmas. They've been hibernating over winter, keeping warm. Well, haven't you had to be, though? Listen to the weather. Cold, 12 <laughs> degrees and 13 degrees. Oh, dear. But well, at least we don't live in Christchurch where they've been having rain and it's just washed everything away again in the South Island of New Zealand. Yeah, Terrible. Yeah, poor yeah. buggers. But climate's not changing. Hope to have your company next week. So until then, it is goodbye from Gordon and Phil and Chris. Bye. Bye for now. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.